Hi, this is Zoe Routh, and welcome back to the series we're doing on points of view. And we've got a very fascinating woman. Her name's Kaizen Kimberlin, and she is an entrepreneurial success wonder kid. (laughs) I love her bio. She said she grew up watching her parents build a successful business from scratch, from ground up. And through observing them, through watching the various stages of profitability, I can read between the lines there, struggle. (laughs) (laughs) You learned a lot about what it takes to set up and run a business. So inspired by her parents, she studied two different degrees and started her own nutrition business at the age of 24, which she ran successfully through her late 20s. Don't know how old you are now, but starting a business at that age is just amazing. Now, Kaizen runs uh, co-founded Project Athlete Programs, which are all about health and wellness and nutrition, and has a series. It's called Project Athlete Success Series. It's yes. interview series with yep. professional athletes, which is very cool. I'm really excited to learn about that, about the health, all things health, fitness, mindset, and everything up and down in terms of getting on track with your health and fitness. So welcome, Kaizen. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> That's great. And just a little uh, heads up for people listening in. Uh, Kaizen's actually in the library because of, well, you know, technology. <laughs> so we might have a few background library types of conversations going on, but hey, it's all good. Yeah, sometimes, you know, that is entrepreneurship. You have to empathize with what you've got. So it was a 15-minute decision. I thought the library was going to work the best. So. Yes, here we are. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And so speaking of entrepreneurial type of decisions, and I, I think it's fascinating to find out what happens when somebody watches their parents who are entrepreneurs go through the ups and downs of business. So tell me what that was like. What business did your parents run? And what did you observe as you saw them go through this journey of running a business? Yeah, definitely. So my parents have a caravan park. Oh, they still have it, do they? they still yeah, run it? yeah, yeah, we still have it. Yeah, 30 years. So yeah, it's a caravan park. And for international level, um, listeners, it's basically like a tourist park, you know, so people, we own the land on one of the biggest rivers in Australia. And uh, people have holiday cabins there, essentially, and they come in year in, year out. So we have 85 permanent cabins. And then we also have about 15 on river campsites and then we also have other campsites around the pool and tennis court and stuff like that so yeah no we still have it but yeah my parents brought it yeah 30 years ago and um, me and my brother my brother would have been three and I was six months old when they went there and um, it was literally a dirt paddock they built it they built it from scratch and um, oh there was nothing there they just bought the land they brought the land it did have an amenities block so it was set up to be a caravan park um but yeah everything else they did themselves so yeah it's beautiful they did an amazing job it's um people actually wait book in a year in advance to stay there some parts of the year so it's pretty nice but yeah I mean all I've ever known is is business and watching what it takes to actually not only build a business but sustain it I think is um, vital and then also progress and and move it forward when you are doing well I think one of the things are you can get so comfortable and you know they fortunately got to a place where they are comfortable but then I just saw them you know reinvent themselves and progress even further and and bring more to the to the park so yeah I mean watching that I think the biggest thing I learned from that is all business takes time 
you've got to love it. You've really got to love it to sustain it and no bad time lasts forever. So, yeah, I learned a lot and um, it was an amazing childhood as well. I think, you know, being around people from as soon as I could talk and walk, all different types of people has has really benefited me too in my career and, and just how I am socially. So, yeah, it was a very fascinating upbringing and one that has definitely, you know, helped me. In, in my own entrepreneurial journey, for sure. I love how you say that no bad times last forever, except that when you're in them, they feel like they go on forever. What did you see? Your, how did you see your parents handle all that? Because tough times in business can be really tough. Like it's your not only your livelihood, but where you were, it's also where you live on the line. So tell me about what you, how they coped and what you learned from that. Yeah, for sure. Look, hard work. I guess that's all that brings you out of a hard work is action. You know, you can't stand still when you're in a bad time. You've just you've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, and they really, really worked hard. Look, the, I guess the difference is theirs is a bit of a traditional business. Uh, so we obviously had the caravan park and then my dad had two other jobs and my mum had another job and obviously she raised me and my brother as well. So What? They had the caravan park and extra jobs on top of all of that? They did, yeah. So that probably went on until I was about 12 um, and then they got in a position where Dad obviously dropped one job, just had an extra job at the caravan park and my mum ran the caravan park and raised our kids on, you know, half halfway on her own. So, you know, what I learned is if you sit in an uncomfortable position too long or if you sit in your fear for too long um, or if you sit, you know, your bad time for too long, the fear of not getting out of it will just consume you. So the biggest lesson is you just have to, even if it's a small step, you just have to put one foot in front of the other until you can see some light, until you're in a position to take bigger steps forward. And so that's basically what I learned the most. And even to this day, you know, mom and dad, they're just so, so supportive in everything that I do. And, and mum is so optimistic and she's like, it'll be all right. Hang in there, you know, at, at any time. And, and I guess I respect it more because I know they've been through it, you know? So yeah, one foot in front of the other hard work. And like I said, like, and I'll say it probably a million times in the podcast, you've got to love it because if you don't love it, you know, you can't sustain the hard times. And I think entrepreneurship, you have more hard times than good at the start. So it's got to be internal passion for sure. So I'm guessing that Mm -hmm. this is what helped you get through starting up your own business at 24. Was it really, really hard at at first or did you just cruise through? Look, mine is a bit of an interesting story. I started and I I heard you say in another one of your podcasts about multi-level marketing. I actually started in multi-level marketing with a very big company Mm -hmm. and um, that particular company really changed my life. And for that company, I actually did well really early on. I was top 2% of that company within about two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, it was it was very quick, but and, and I guess starting out, um, you know, because like you said, I went to university two times, so even though I had been in business my entire life and had seen my parents um, be in business my entire life, my social programming to go to university was still very strong. But I was a terrible student. I, I was born to be an entrepreneur, and it wasn't, you know, until now I'm a little bit older looking back that you know I was a good student because I was learning wrong types of information. So, um, I just so, pause on. 
on that for a second because I, I, there's a couple of fascinating things you just said in there. Um, the social programming that you must go to university and how it was the wrong thing for you, even though you did two degrees. Mm. How did you discover this? Like, in, how did you, um, when did it occur to you that this was social programming and a choice that you could make? Yeah, so I guess, I mean, from high school, look at the way that um, that they promote university at high school, but then look at the, you know, I can't tell you exact statistics, but then look at the statistics of people that actually use their degree once they finish. You know, it's very low if you actually look into it. So coming through high school, it is promoted for seven years straight that you should go to university to get a degree and then that degree equals a good job and then that that good job equals you know a good company a high position with the house and the white picket fence you know that's what we're told as a society um so when you have that type of programming for seven years day in day out and that's what everyone around you is doing it's like why wouldn't you do that um that's what i mean when i refer to to social programming um but you know when i was there and like i said I couldn't articulate at the time why it wasn't for me. It's only been now that I'm older and am able to articulate particular feelings in regards to, you know, what sets my soul on fire. I just know looking back that the reason I didn't do well there was because I wasn't meant to be there because I'm an excellent student when it comes to stuff that I need to learn to get where I want to be or want to learn out of passion so it's not that I was a bad student I was just learning wrong information so I started but when I was introduced to it was Herbalife Nutrition so it's a multi-billion dollar company that obviously been around for a long time I was introduced to that company and I instantly was attracted to it and you know some people are some people aren't for me it was an excellent stepping stone to where I am now and the reason it was an excellent stepping stone is because Inside of me, I knew I wanted to do more and I knew I could be more. I just didn't have the vehicle or the skill set to be able to come more at that time. And all Herbalife essentially did, apart from, um, you know, obviously got me super healthy because, um, you know, I love the products. What it did was that it put me in an environment where they really promote personal development and it put me in an environment where I had to learn new skills, essentially. So the point at which that company changed my life was I heard a saying so they're big on personal development and I heard a saying that said your thoughts create your reality and for things to change you have to change and those particular statements really resonated with me and so I basically went on a self-discovery journey and I never thought that I was going to get that from a nutrition program but that's what that company did for me I no longer am with that company for no other reason than it stopped resonating with me and as soon as something doesn't resonate with me I move on and so I was with that company for five and a half years I actually ended up losing that particular division Um, I lost a lot of money the reason in which I lost it was out of my complete control, but the reason in which I was in a such a bad situation at the end of my time with them was completely my fault. You know, I take 100% responsibility for not being in a better position, especially when I had earned such a great lifestyle from it. Yeah, so I, I finished with that company really quickly and unexpectedly, but what it did was it motivated me. It gave One, it gave me time to realise what I really wanted to do with myself and what made me tick. And the second thing it did, it put me onto Project Athlete, uh, started Project Athlete after I lost that other business. And, you know, Project Athlete 
literally sets my soul on fire. This is what I was born to do and, um, you know, it's my company which I co-founded and we started from scratch and so my journey, you know, started a lot different to what it is now but I think one of the main things that I learned is you have an end goal but you have to stay flexible on how you achieve it and that's what I've done essentially. So that's sort of how I got to where I am right now. Wow, wow. What a tumultuous journey. So finding something that lit you up and that you were successful so quickly in and then something happened and things went south or sour or both yeah and uh out you went like that must have been was that a traumatic experience for you look yes and no I am a very oh well that happened what next type of personality that's how I function so look it took me a couple of years probably to recover but in those couple of years I've taken giant steps forward with my personal growth so that quite traumatic event as such and and to be honest with you it happened very quickly I was literally sitting on the back of veranda with a girlfriend having a glass of wine I got a text message that I didn't understand at the end of that text message it basically said if you don't know what's going on call me it was one of my girlfriends in the industry I called her she said you know, A, B and C have left the company. They've taken everything. And um, and I was like, oh, okay. So literally one month I was, you know, earning $100 the next month, 50 the next month, 20 You know, I lost it all pretty much within a couple of months. But I guess what it enabled me to do was really reflect. I guess when you're earning a good passive income, you get comfortable, you get really comfortable. And I had stopped being inspired. I was unmotivated. And when those two things happen, you become lazy. But at that point, it's like, why would I change anything? Because I was earning so much, you know, why rock the boat, I guess. Um, But what losing that business did is it sent me into, into a spin because I had to realign my entire life so it wasn't necessarily hard at the time because I was in a state of survival I guess so I just went about doing what I had to do to survive but now looking back it put me also put me in a position to to make a lot of great steps forward with my personal growth and really find myself I guess as a as a grown adult because that happened when I was 28 so it forced me to look at myself and look at how I wanted every area of my life to look. And then I guess I was in a position where I I was lucky, you know, I got to start over um, and I was in a position to do so. So, I mean, yeah, it was hard, but it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me for sure. Wow, that's pretty pretty amazing. And to be able to go to the depths, make a turnaround and still know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur because that kind of devastation can be pretty troublesome. So tell me a, l- a little bit about the springing into the next phase of your development with Project Athlete. So out of this depth of having no money now <laughs> and no business, yep. you, you found the idea, you came across Tell us about that, the reinvention, the phoenix rising, if you like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so pretty much what happened is, look, I, I went into what everyone does when they think they need to make money. I went and got a job. You know, that's that's how we're programmed. Again, as you need to make money, get a job. We're not Did you feel disappointment about having to do that or were you okay with that? Oh, nah, I mean, nah, I, honestly, I was, I was in that state of survival, anything I was, I was going to do anything I needed to do to survive. When you're trying to survive, you don't necessarily stop and take note of the effect it's having on you internally, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
I've always been a great employee for a certain amount of time. As soon as I get bored, I'm terrible. But you know, at the start, <laughs> at the start when things are exciting, I'm a pretty good employee. So I got a job super easy, um, and I started working. But I knew straight away that I could not stay in that environment. I could not, you know, be in for a better term, the rat race. It wasn't for me. I had worked too hard and too long, I guess, to be what I would refer to as, you know, normal or average or whatever. Um, so I got in the job, but I, I instantly started looking for ways that I could, you know, become an entrepreneur again. And with Project Athlete, it was interesting because I actually had gone to start Project Athlete about two years before, about midway into my home life journey. And I was advised against getting creative. Uh, and that's one of the, the main areas I'm against when it comes to MLM. Herbalife has a great system, uh, but it's they've had that system for a long time. So you basically connect their dots. You don't connect your own dots. Mm. Um, and that really suppressed me as an entrepreneur because I'm creative. You know, I, I like to create. So when I went to sort of start, Project Athlete, when I was in Herbalife, a mentor of mine sort of advised me to stay on the Herbalife track and not get too far out of it. And at the time, because I was in such a good position, I listened and I didn't want to rock the boat. Funnily enough, the guy that I originally co-founded Project Athlete with, he actually got drafted to the NBA. So he left Australia and obviously he left my business because he's living his dream, which is amazing. So, so I actually, he's a professional basketball player. In the NBA, yeah, he's with yeah, the right. Denver, he's with the Denver Nuggets now, but at the time he was professional basketball in Australia. So he left, and so Project Athlete sort of took a back seat, and I didn't have anyone to sort of create it with. Um, so I was sort of just like a duck, just pedaling along on water, you know. Mm. Um, and then when I lost the business and was working, I decided to start Project Athlete up again because basically. I had the time to do so sort of thing. So what um, ended happening is I had been with my Herbalife business. I had actually been a sponsor, a nutrition sponsor for one of the professional basketball teams in the area in which I was living. So I had a lot of connections in the, uh, in the athlete industry and I went to a game one night. This So I was still working but I – um, still was the sponsor so I had no money but I was a sponsor of a national team which is kind of funny um, I had already paid the sponsorship out obviously so I was at a game you know being there and I met a player who I just had a really good vibe with we just really clicked and um, we had a lot of the same dreams and aspirations in terms of impacting people's lives. And so I met him and that was all good. And then a couple of months later, I just thought to myself, why don't you just ask that guy if he wants to start a business with you and sort of just, you know, um, slip him into the area that was there for a previous athlete. And I asked him and we just got in conversations about it. And then we sort of fine tuned how we wanted project athlete to look. And, and to be honest, that's how it sort of started. We just, then we just kicked off and so Project Athlete, the company, is a online health mindset and motivation company. So we have two main programs. We have a what we call the 444 Challenge. It stands for four kilos, four weeks for $40. So it's just a quick program. In that program, though, we focus very heavily on time management and personal development. 
because um, I believe that those two things are the missing component in most people's health journeys. Um, so I believe if we teach them good time management around their health and also personal development, then they can obtain a health um, result a lot easier and then sustain it long term. So that's just the 444 is just a quick snippet. And then we also have a 12-week program that my current co-founder, DJ Newbill, he's a professional basketball player. He is the face of that brand and he is in all the content. The 12-week program, though, we only take... Is DJ the second or first athlete? He's the second athlete. Okay. Yeah, so he's the one that we sort of really took the company off with. Yeah, so he's the one I met after I lost everything. Yeah. Yep, so he is the face of the 12-week program. Yep. And he appears in all the content and stuff like that. So that's the health side of what the company does. But then we also have the Project Athlete Success Series, which is where I interview professional athletes and, you know, we hear their stories and all their ups and downs. And we use those interviews as a platform for people to understand that every journey, no matter who you are or the heights of your success, has the ups and downs. And then we also use those interviews to market our health programs as well. That's really fascinating. So you've gone from the entrepreneurial ups and down journey yourself. Well, first of all, observing it with your parents, then living through it yourself, now to interviewing professional athletes as a way of understanding uh, focus and goals and achievement and failure. Yes. In interviewing all these athletes, what have you come to learn about mindset, goal, and success? Yeah, um, honestly, passion. You have to love what you do. And the thing about athletes is they will work day in, day out, and they will sacrifice minute after minute every day for that 40 minutes on the hardwood at the end of the week or the 40 minutes on the field or two hours, depending on what sport they play. So you can't go through the grind and you can't go through all the little nitty gritty things that make them a professional if you don't absolutely love what you do. So the key ingredient to, I think, all successful people, um, entrepreneurs and athletes alike is just that absolute passion that you are, that you believe that whatever you're doing is your, is your purpose for being here. And I think the other, the main thing with athletes, um, there's a lot of changeover between how entrepreneurs and athletes think. I think definitely for sure. But one of the main things with athletes is staying coachable and then also just understanding that if you don't make one team, you get back on your horse and, you you know, you try and make another one and stuff like that. So they also have a very things happen for a reason type of mindset. And if you keep working hard mm-hmm. and you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, then eventually what you deserve is going to come your way. So that's probably the main thing that I've learned from athletes for sure. Cool. And this notion of staying coachable, mm. Is that a trap that athletes can sometimes fall into of not staying coachable? And what does that look like? Look, I think most athletes would tell you that early on in their career, there's an air of arrogance, I guess, that they carry where they probably, because they're so talented, think they know a lot, you know, but I think most of them also understand just from history that you need to be able to be coachable to be the best so I think there's like a little bit of a balance younger athletes would probably have more resistance to being coached than more mature athletes for sure but I think overall again programming they understand that the coach is the boss and that their job is 
is to be coachable. So I think there's a little bit of both, to be honest, in whether they all are coachable and not coachable at, at some stage of their career, for sure. That's fascinating. Mm. I, I, yeah, it's the arrogance of the young and foolish. <laughs> and then after you have the crap beaten out of you for a while, you realize, oh, I don't know everything. <laughs> and you know what? That seems to be the case in uh, pretty much everything, every part of life. One of my old mentors used to say, he's like, the universe will humble you if you don't humble yourself. So I think that applies <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. So in all these journeys, I'm curious, how do you define success? And has that definition changed over the years for you? Yeah, for sure. So originally it was all monetary based. You know, I sort of thought if you were making a lot of money, uh, which I was early days in in my Herbalife career, that you had made it. Um, What I learned from that period of my career and then losing it all and starting something new is the money is just the byproduct of you absolutely loving what you do on a day-to-day basis so for me the money's good Mm -hmm. and the security of it is freeing to an extent but if you don't wake up every day just absolutely loving what you do and doing things that set your soul on fire then you're pretty much unsuccessful in my opinion um so yeah for me success is definitely being able to do what you know what you're called here to do for sure and the work that you do now so you've partnered with a professional athlete and he tends to focus more on the health the health and fitness side of the business program yes. and you focus more on the nutrition and the mindset is that correct that's correct 100% so i'm curious about the mindset piece mm-hmm. and um your health and wellness programs, four kilos, four weeks, very goal oriented. The 12 week, it's a transformation program, is it? The 12 week yes, program? It is. Yeah, yeah. What are the, let's say, three key mindset principles that you share with your students in those programs? So, number one is awareness. You've got to become aware of yourself and your habits on a day to day basis because we are habitual beings. So, number one is start to become aware of what you do and why you do it. That's the area in which we always start. Um, The second area is we get people to look at what they do do on a day-to-day basis and we get them to look at what triggers them to be the best version of themselves and what triggers them to be the worst version of themselves. So that's the second thing. And then I guess the third thing that we try and really bring into the programs is time. You've got to be patient. You know, everything, whether it's an um, internal transformation or whether it's a health transformation, there's going to be as many drawbacks to having a transformation as there is benefits. And I think being able to manage your emotions through both the ups and downs is really key to sustaining a result because plenty of people have transformations mentally and then have transformations from a health point of view but a lot of people just will slide back into their old habits, creating their old results because they don't understand that it's a journey. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as, as cliche as that sounds. <laughs> so they would be the three main aspects that, that we, we focus on to start with for sure. So you, you've said that there, there was a drawback in transformation. Tell me about that. Do you mean that a dip in motivation through the transformation or is that there's some possibly side effects of a transformation that could be perceived as negative. Is that what you meant by the drawbacks of transformation? 
Yeah, look, so I, I, I base everything off uh, Dr. John D. Martini philosophy, which is basically the law of duality. So every scenario will have as many drawbacks as it does benefits. And I guess some of um, the drawbacks, you know, to transformation is you, a lot of the time you leave a lot of your old life behind. And sometimes in that transformation, you le- you can leave a lot of the old people that you love dearly behind as well because you outgrow them. Mm. So that process, even though, you know, it's health and mental ha- transformation takes place as well. And sometimes a lot of the reason why people don't become who they could be is because they're so attached to who they used to be. And so I guess when I say drawbacks of the transformation is, you know, sometimes you really do lose and outgrow some of the people that are meant to most you in the in your world and even though you've become better it still is a a sense of loss I guess I've been through that personally and I know a lot of people that have been through that and that's just one of the the aspects of you deciding to change when no one else around you is that you have to deal with so in regards to drawbacks that's what I mean well yeah you're right. And when you do start to level up and what you consider leveling up, not everybody else does it around you. That can be, yeah, it, it can be a grieving process as the old you lets go of old relationships often too. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And I mean, that, and the challenging thing sometimes can be is that you don't not like the old version of yourself. You just want to be better. It can be challenging because you're letting go of something that you didn't necessarily not like. You just think there's more out there for you. That can be a hard thing to realize. So you sound like a reader, like somebody who studies <laughs> and, and, and voraciously absorbs stuff. What are you reading right now that's inspiring you? Right now, I'm actually reading How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. It is a 1950s sales book. <laughs> It's actually super old. Um, Like I am literally obsessed with personal development and learning and developing for sure. So at the moment I'm reading this book because I need to focus all my energy on becoming better at sales. It's the one area of my working life that really lets me down. One of our programs is completely passive, so I don't need to sell that, thank goodness. But the 12-week one, there is a little bit of, you know, sales and and uh, work involved with that. So I'm trying to hone in my sales skills and focus all my energy on that. But of a night time, I will read... Um, uh, at the moment, I'm actually reading a book called Produced by Faith, which is Devon Franklin. He uh, started his career out as a producer with Will Smith. So I, I really just read books about people's success, trying to you know learn what people do and don't do, and just lots of neuro brain development books and stuff like that as well. Okay. Let me just capture these a little bit. I want to put them in the show notes. Of course. Uh, and by the way, the show notes will be at zoerouth.com slash podcast slash project athlete and so we got the how to master the art of selling who is that by this is by tom hopkins hopkins okay yeah and it's the book is so old i got it from a used library but it's actually (laughs) amazing so yeah all right produced by faith by devon franklin how do you spell devon d-e-v-o-n yeah right okay he is married to megan good the actor okay people might be um, familiar with, yeah. And neurobrain stuff, have you got a favourite in that area? I do, I do. Um, It's called How to Break the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. 
uh, he basically, he's amazing actually, but he his work pretty much teaches you how to change the neuron patterning from your brain into your body through meditation. That book really changed a lot of things for me. There's been a few transformational moments and reading that book was definitely one of them for sure. So are you a meditator now? Yeah, I've actually been meditating for a long time. Um, so I started off meditating when I was about 25, not long after I got into Herbalife, because they kept talking about being able to control your emotions. And let me tell you, Zoe, I could not control my emotions. <laughs> so I had, um, I actually got a meditation coach for two years. She happens to be one of Joe Dispenza's facilitators. He trained her very early on. So that's sort of how I got into his work. So yeah, she taught me how to meditate. And now I've done lots of different types. I actually just spent 10 days in Jakarta over in Indonesia doing a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And that was, it's a Vipassana practice, that one. And that one yeah. was very, very intense, yeah. So, I've yeah. heard about um, Vipassana retreats often. I didn't know they did them in Indonesia. That's cool. They actually do them all over the world. Com- yeah. There's compounds all over the world, yeah. And it's an amazing, an amazing journey for sure. That's a long time not to say anything. Not to say anything. Um, oh, there's no exercise. There's no writing. There's no journaling. There's oh. no eye contact. Mm-hmm. There's no body gestures. It's pretty much the most solitude you could get without going to prison, I think. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and this and was, it's self-inflicted. Was it a joyful thing in the end? Because it sounds terrible (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah it was it was an amazing process for me definitely putting yourself under that much stress well not stress putting yourself into that much solitude and just letting yourself be completely present which you have to be because if you go too far into the future things you can't control you get anxious and if you get too far in the past you get depressed so that the process that 10 days it really teaches you to stay present and yeah I had some I had some beautiful thoughts while I was while I was over there and I I brought a lot back for my business and and uh I found a lot of gratitude in the practice definitely for sure so I mean yeah it's not easy and it's something that you really have to think about going into but when you're there and and you know you've got no choices but just to be with yourself it's not too bad Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're coming to the end. One last question. Where can people find you? What's your what's a good URL for you? Yeah, so projectathletep.com is our website and you can find all our interviews and health programs and just information on us there. And then you can also find us at Project Athlete P for uh, Instagram. And then me personally is Ksan K on Instagram as well. K San K. So could you spell yeah. that for people? Yeah, definitely. So it's K H A Y S A N K. That's a very cool name, by the way. Where does it come from? Thank you. Well, in Australia, it's actually a famous song, but the song was actually written about Vietnamese war. It's a war town in Vietnamese. Oh my Vietnam. God. Yeah, yeah. But my parents named me after the song. So they're not that, <laughs> not that culturally um, equipped. <laughs> awesome rockers yeah they're rockers yeah (laughs) the rockers who set up a caravan park i love it that's it that's it kaysan thank you so much for sharing your journey and your insights it was it was fantastic yeah no problem at all thank you so much i loved being on